Welcome to the Life as an Observer podcast. My name is Ryan Bean. I am your host in self-observation. This podcast is an exploration of physical and non-physical self through discussion around yoga, meditation, self-improvement, self-realization, and practices that elevate the mind-body-soul connection. Let's start observing. Welcome to Life as an Observer podcast. Today, I get the really amazing opportunity to sit down, um, <laughs> crossing legs, you know, yogi style with TJ Eisenhart and, um, you know, competitive cyclist and artist and really talk about the change from competitive mindset into more relaxing into true nature and to self, utilizing just some techniques um, for mindfulness and meditation and still being able to be relevant without the same pressures of, of numbers and results. Really interesting conversation that we, that we embark into. Enjoy. So here we are after uh, <laughs> breath work and we did some meditation. We did some uh, cold immersion. So I'm sitting here with TJ Eisenhart, a competitive cyclist and artist. And we, we met each other doing this the same thing. You know, we met each other doing uh, breath work and getting into cold water, like the, the, just the right kind of crazies. You know, people will say that we're nuts for doing it, but we're the right kind of crazies, I think. And I think at that time when, when you and I met, you were just making a transition from one kind of chapter in your life to another. You were sort of transitioning or at least considering the idea of how can I make this your your collective a thing and how can I combine the, my three loves, family, art, and cycling into one life that I choose, mm. not that, that, a, that a competitive uh, world chooses for you. So if I can, kind of tell me a little bit about the story before this one. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the, who you were before you moved into that where we met. Yeah, so I grew up in uh, Lehigh, Utah, uh, typical kind of Mormon boy uh, raised. Uh, at the age of eight, I had the opportunity to go to Spain to see to visit my brother who had just finished an LDS mission there, and uh, we were able to watch the Tour de France go through uh, the Pyrenees there in Spain, and instantly when we saw it, my family fell in love with it, and I fell in love with it, and knew I wanted to pursue professional cycling at the age of eight. So that's example. That's like fourth graders knew mm -hmm. knowing okay in fourth grade this is what I was gonna do for the rest of my life, like I just knew. And then, you know, I was just very, I grew up with parents that believed in me and uh, would do anything for me to succeed. And so I did just that. I, you know, all of a sudden you're winning the local stuff and you're traveling to different states and winning those. Then you're being selected to race for the national team. And at that time, you're v living this life where that's all it was, was my life. Like, that's all. So from if the time cycling, you were like 10, you were like... From the time I was born, I was... My br my brother and sister have always been in athletic sports. My brother played baseball in college, and my sister was a professional dancer uh, and still teaches at BYU and other universities now. But uh, so I always grew up with that mentality, and I kind of felt like right when I was born, I was like, all right, you're going to be a professional baseball player. And so then you're always just playing ball, and I, that's the vision. And until I was eight and saw, fell in love with cycling, and I knew that's what I was going to be. And then my first national championships at age 12, I got second in the time trial. And so then everyone's like, wow, you 
you have a talent, you can do something, and it's like you're 12 years old, you just were faster than this other 12-year-old. Like, yeah, you might be good, but it doesn't yeah. mean you're anywhere in life yet. So at but, t- 12 years old, were your, were your parents like kind of like the, um, you know, the Hollywood moms and dads, where they were like, Right there, supporting you, rah rah rah. Yeah, they, or where they were like, or, or were you kind of like fulfilling the family dream? Like, is, is your whole family pretty competitive? It was. It seems was, like they are. Yeah, it was. It was a balance of like, like uh, my whole family were super competitive and we love sports. And as soon as I was starting to race professionally, yeah. they were the ones out there on the side of the road with the giant faces and the yeah. billboards and the signs and. We we're making merchandise and they're going crazy and they lo- like they just love that we love my family we love supporting each other so if like my niece is having a dance recital we're there if we're this we're there you know and we support uh and so that's what they just always did for me they never put like harsh like it never was like oh i have to ride it was always i wanted to ride and they would always just help me pursue my dreams and show me like this is what you know i want to do uh and yeah, so I was just living this lifestyle of like very one-sided, very, very one-sided where if cycling went away, my life went away. That's how uh, I felt. Well, what, what does that look like as a, as a competitive cyclist? It, what, is, what does that look like for training? And what does an actual like so competitive race circuit look it's, like? It's your, it's your life. It has to be your life because you have to, you're doing these races that are, you know, 10 days long or the Tour de France, which is 21 days long. And so each one of those days, you're doing about 100 to 120 miles, you know. And so you have to have your body trained and at a level where you can handle that stress and overload. So your body's at just this constant kind of fragile state, you know, because it's training for four or five hours every day. And then when you train, then you got to make sure you're recovering when you're finishing so you can train the next day. And so your life becomes very much so about numbers and achieving new power tests and a new winning this race yeah but different goals different baselines different and so stats you, for what you need to do if you're going to win this race yeah, when your true. life is one-sided like that and you're not able to achieve those power numbers or one day you were able to exceed those power numbers and the next you weren't you're only as good as that day so then you feel terrible about yourself on the day before you thought you were the king of the world mm-hmm. same with winning a race you can win a race but guess what that's what I realized quick is that joy, that gratitude, it goes away faster than it came. And you put in years and years of work to get that, and it just goes away because then you realize the only place for me to go after this is to lose. So I wonder if... So you're setting it up, like... Yeah. So when you're once... and <clears throat> Sorry, not to say that's a bad way of... you know, it's com- Not saying that competitive racing is bad at all my way of living was imbalanced so had i been feeding other things in my life that would have been fine to been put that strain on that but when then racing wasn't going well it felt like life wasn't going well so then all of a sudden you're alone in europe think people are thinking you're living the dream you're living this lifestyle you're so lucky and then some days you don't even you're like what am i doing like with my life it's this sucks like yeah, yeah like I'm in to, Belgium right now. It's pissing rain, and like I have terrible fitness, and I miss my family, and this and that, and like it just takes. If I would have had more balance in my life, rather than focusing on just my training aspect and results, I, 
I would have been fine. So yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. So we we you you kind of defined a yogic term which is called santosha. Santosha, santosha means contentment in, in in Sanskrit. So, and that is one of the one of the it's in the Yoga Sutras to find this place of santosha, mm-hmm. where we are equal or mm-hmm. have my equanimity whether the highs or the lows. Yeah. And it seems like in that time, if I'm hearing that, is you know it was very much high or yeah. low, and there was no contentment with the in between. And so it brings you to a place of saying, if I'm not high or low, yeah, I need to get high because high is good. That's where low is bad, right? And not there's no in between, and there's no saying low is just going to happen. It's yeah. just going to be have to get high again, and and so you you're continually trying to fulfill maybe a, a feeling or a sensation or um, a goal at every given moment. So. Then we then we fast forward. So you're you're kind of living like your body's probably in a constant state mm-hmm. of stress. Oh yeah. Expectation, stress from beating the pavement, stress from the heat, stress from the nature come beating on you. Mm-hmm. Of traveling, traveling just in general is stress. Yeah. So here you are in a constant state of stress, and you, you know, maybe maybe your wife helped with this, or maybe you you had some other influences that said, we gotta you gotta find some balance here. Yeah. She, uh, my wife definitely that was the major turning point. So like I said, so I was living this super one-sided lifestyle racing for then at the age of 18 BMC. And then I raced for them for four years, which BMC was the highest pro team at that time. So I'm thinking to myself, I've made it like I've done it. I've basically signed for the Yankees, you know, in baseball terms. And you're like, all right, like I, you know, but I never, I was always just pushing and pushing and pushing. And now that I look back, I way overtrained, way overdid it. Uh, but for those years, I just was always way too naive, way trusting others and trying to be some, trying to be what everyone wanted me to be, not being me. Yeah. I kept trying to be, be the what ex- BMC would expect me to be, or what my family, or this, this, or the coach, like. And you try putting all these molds together, and it, it's like no, like. Now I see I should have just been myself. And it sounds easy to say, but it's not. Uh, and then after those four years, I was told by BMC they, wanted, they weren't going to sign me. And so I had this moment of like, well, all right, like, what do I have to lose? Let's just open up. So I started to slowly open up, be more expressive, be more myself. And I signed for this American team. Uh, I raced for them for uh, three years. But that first year I raced for them in 2017... That first year, I started la- allowing myself to be m- myself. I started having incredible success and winning like every race on the calendar or being second. Like I was up there every time, and uh, then you just it it just fed this ego where I look back now and you just felt like you were untouchable by anyone. I mean, you just do things that were like now you just look and uh, meeting Heather for me was that. Like, had I not allowed myself to, I feel like, allow that relationship to grow, had I just, like, maybe dated her and moved on and focused on my cycling, I would be just deep down so miserable. I might be racing world tour or I might be doing this, but, like, I just would be miserable because I know I want to be doing what I should be doing. It felt like I was swimming up a current. Like, I was in the right waters, but I should have been flowing with it. And that's... Again, meditation, when I started that last year, when I started, because 
once I left that those three years of professional racing with the American team, I then was like, you know what, I'm having a daughter, getting married. I I want to. If I want, I want to succeed. I want it to be on me. Like I don't want to because when I was on that American team, I had a two year deal that in the second year they cut the contract in half, but money wise because they lost a sponsor, so. It didn't matter if I raced well that whole year, the team you're got. You're still making less. Yeah. You still got cut, like with the. You still got half. You, half not your based money. on your results. Not based. Ba- yeah, what based they tell you is, you know. So it's like, well, what good was that whole year then? What did I just do that for? You know, because now you're going into the next year with knowing your wife is pregnant. You just got married, like, and I didn't. Want, I said, I all right. If I'm not gonna get paid, it's gonna be because I didn't get okay. I didn't put that work in and I realized well I have that ability to do that through my artwork I, I have all this ability to talk to people and communicate to people so I started like all right I want to do my own thing venture off and do my own spirited thing because I just feel it was feeling like washed out with the racing I didn't want I found myself not training as hard found myself not just tra- racing as hard because it was like oh great we're doing the same race we did four years is in a row like what i what more like so, even if you want it like what you just win it again and for me like i said for a lot of people that's awesome and i for people who win multiple championships and multiple everything that's amazing but for me i realized it just wasn't fulfilling that knit that like itch inside of me and i realized what if i can combine all three of these my art cycling and I could, I realized as well, like, I felt like the cycling industry was targeting, like, the be faster, be lighter, be quicker, be stronger. Just yeah. when I felt like, well, most people, like, 99% of the population that ride a bike, ride a bike because they just like how it feels. They can't all experience or have that same feeling that it feels like to win in a big, like, pro race. Mm-hmm. Only a certain few can feel that. So why wouldn't you target their emotions to get them to do... So then I started thinking, like, why don't I just make this program about, like, capturing the vibe, atmosphere of what makes bike riding, well, specifically gravel racing great. And uh, it was funny, right as I met you last year, last April or March, right as I was starting this program, this Imaginary Collective, which is the name of the brand, the company... And I started last January with my partner, Andrew Dahlheim. And in that January, we had set our calendar to be like three races a month. All these, like, I was still rolling at that mindset of like, I got to race, I got to race, I got to do this, this, this. Like, I got to do this. And then obviously COVID hit and you're panicking. You're like, oh man, this is going to be, like, I'm a bike racer that's not going to race. Like, all right, I just got, like, you figure this out and then you're panicked about money and i was like at that time i was super panicked about how to make money and it was like uh then like i said we met you and i started doing this meditation and i started doing the cold water and it just helped me slowly open up and i mean it wasn't like the next week all the anxiety was gone it was like when i first did it it opened up something where you're like oh wow that I felt good. All right, let's 
try see where this goes. So you didn't have a practice before. Your no, practice, no, your I, practice was I would always physical practice, riding the bike, exercising. That was your practice. Yeah, so I, and I would always tell that to people like, oh no, like cycling's my meditation. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's being on the road, being in yeah. nature. That's my practice. Which it I mean, can it be. can. It's only a state awareness. That's meditation. So, so what does your practice look like now? Now it's uh, every day. Depending, it doesn't really matter on the day as long as I get it in. Uh, but usually like 30 minutes of the Wim Hof breath work. Um, yeah. And then, but a cold shower. Definitely. Yeah. A cold shower for sure. Like before you came over, I did a cold shower. Like I do cold showers, uh, where it's like, you're like, it doesn't even phase you anymore. It's actually not even cold enough. Sadly, the shower turns off. Yeah. That's <laughs> the bummer. Get... <laughs> That's what I don't get. Why even have it that, that really su- fresh frustrates me how they, they don't cater to the cold. Like, <laughs> Well, we're we're very used to living in very comfort and comfort, and very few people. Well, that's that use was cold it. as a as a primary shower. They use it as to supplement, so it's not scalding hot. So they'll add a little bit of cold, so that they're not scalding their skin. But you found that, you know, I imagine many of your races were painful in the way of physical, physical temperature, I temperature, mean, cold and weather, weather and like rain or whatever. Had I applied this practice, I mean. I'm a coach. I, I coach some athletes. And I mean, that's if I tell them anything, like I tell them, if you're not going to do the workout, at least do the bre- like the meditation. Yeah. Because I know if they do the meditation, you're going to do the workout. Just yeah. like, you know, when someone's not doing the meditation or breath work daily or yeah. like, you know, because you know that after you come out of that, you're motivated, like something clicks inside your body Every time, I don't even know what, but you just then get up and you do, you get it done. Like, it doesn't matter if it's a training workout, anything. You just feel, like you said, doing it in the beginning of the day is the best time to do it because you then have that, you know, mindset towards the rest of your day. But, yeah, it brings momentum to your day. And, but and, and with the stress and anxiety, everything brought last year and then finding this, when we entered the cold water for the first time, and you realize, well, every barrier was being broken every minute I met you because I didn't believe, I was like, what? You can, I, at first I didn't ever think I could hold my breath pass over a minute. And I was a professional athlete at that time. And I thought like, oh, that's just for people who swim a lot. And it's like, oh <laughs> no, we can actually hold our breath up to four minutes. Like We're longer. longer. Yeah. Like Wim's done at eight. Yeah. We can hold our breath. Underwater. Under, it's mindset for sure. <laughs> it is, it is a mindset training. And I think that you would agree that the you know athletes in general many of which will, will, will call something a flow state like they're in that mindset mm-hmm. and that flow state where it starts freely flowing, flowing where the breath is in line with the body muscles, and yeah. the muscles are doing what they want and that is flow state it's euphoric yeah. and it's not by any kind of accident it's okay it's super addicting yeah you want to be back there and the problem is we a lot of times i think we but find but it takes suffering it takes this to get to that it's spot it's a weird juggling you, act isn't you it you have to break down like walls during it because i mean i normally feel that way near the end of rides or middle after a long you know or if i do a hard training on the on the trainer the first 10 minutes or 15 minutes sucks but then once i get it the the 40 minutes 50 minutes and i'm doing those efforts i'm actually able to do more my body's opened up everything like you said you're in that flow state but that's the beauty to get to those states and I think that's it just shows and you have to you have to work for it. You can't just 
like I wish you and I honestly actually don't wish you could just always get to that place because then what would be next yeah we have to appreciate the 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 progress and the practice we have to appreciate that it's always a practice and I guess that's where I was was thinking was now that you have a practice that's breath work and cold Mm -hmm. But you're not, if I remember right, you're not keeping track of your numbers and times like you used no. to. You're not as obsessed over I don't numbers. I computer. But I, I think, but I'm interested to hear about how your training now has changed. Mm-hmm. Not, not just because of how you're, you know, you're focused a lot on your art and you're focused on enjoying mm-hmm. cycling rather than forcing it. Yeah. You I, know, and I, I, I'm curious how the breath work and cold training uh, is affecting your performance now like uh, how are you feeling in it the allows way of- you to just see it clearly like uh and it sounds crazy to see, say but like i mean i just try to shoot for like top 10 fitness okay so like so it's a it's we're back into um santosha contentment now what, now, now you're now you're yeah, actually yeah. okay with so it, yeah. like i try to so what i tell people is like i try to be around that fitness around where i'm going to be top 10 because I know the level that it takes to be there and I know the level that it takes to be first. And a lot of people confuse that with like, oh, that's a 1% or an easy, mm-hmm. like, that's an easy change. But I know from being there that it's not. Like, the guy who's winning, like, for example, last year's Belgian Waffle Race that was up in Cedar, it was uh, 125 miles, uh, 10,000 feet of climbing, all on dirt roads. And the guy who won is going to the Olympics for mountain bike. He's my friend Keegan Swenson, and I was 10th. And, I mean, I can be up there with Keegan, but he's training all day, every day, towards that one state of goal to winning that. Whereas myself, I'm there to just, I want to get, I just want to be fit enough where I'm happy, like I feel good, because it feels good to be that, where you can ride strong and ride long distances and not be too tired. It feels good to push because we also don't push our bodies enough. You know, frankly, like you said, comfort. We're so comfortable all the time. But uh, so just, yeah, having that, like I try to be top 10 fitness, which I know is just basically hours on the bike. And I feel like the awareness of the breath just has allowed me to have more awareness of everything else in my life slowly. I mean, again, it's not like you just wake up the next day it's like each day you learn a new lesson or how it's mm. helped you and for me it's just a lot like winning is not going to make my experience any better like I, that's what i've learned yeah like that's it's truly what i've right? learned it's like, a temporary it's so, thing so why not just make sure remove that stress and pressure uh, because if you don't win if you have the expectations to win and i'm not saying that's like wrong to have it but if you have the expectations to win and only one person can win. That's what everyone forgets. So at that Belgian Waffle race, there was like 800 people. So only one person can have that feeling that we're talking about. So if you have in your mind that like, oh, it's all or nothing. Like if I don't have that feeling, like then it sucks when you cross that tell line. Me, tell me if, about that. It tell feels me about like, that feeling after like oh, man. training for months or years or it's whatnot. The worst. And, then, and then to not win. What is the... You feel a disappointment you feel like what did you just train all that for like it was a waste of time waste of time everything where now i'm like no it wasn't like it helped me build my body up to what it is now like and now i view it as more spiritual side where i like i said i just want my body to be healthy like that takes me riding that doesn't mean i have to ride five hours every day that means 
I get in an hour and do some intervals or, you know, do this or that. And that just has come though from experience and learning like, okay, like I don't have to keep applying. That's the thing I think we always make mistake is we always just apply the same recipe when it's like, well, all right, if I keep applying and trying to win, it wasn't, I wasn't, it wasn't helping me then. So why would it help me now? You know what I mean? Like that recipe, if you keep pursuing that and a lot of cyclists do that because they're afraid to move on to the next like what should they do next and so they hold on and they'll race then for littler teams or smaller teams and local teams so then the goals get smaller and expect you know what i mean like and mm. all you're then you're not getting paid because you're just wanting to mm. you just want to race yeah. you just want to hold that because that's you're afraid of what's next and i mean thankfully art helped me be able to like do that and like i i never i never was like fired from a team i chose to leave on my own turn you know i chose to leave rather than oh you're not because i could have signed other contracts and every this could have moved to girona and lived in spain right now but like i then knew that wasn't going to benefit my relationship with my wife like i knew that wasn't going to benefit anything like for my life like it just if anything complicated to pursue a dream that had been built up when I was a child, which maybe was a child's dream, but isn't like my dream as a man now, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, it's okay to realize that a lot of people are afraid to like, accept like, Oh man, it's been my lifelong dream. Like, no, it probably was your childhood dream to win the tour de France, but it totally like child, like doesn't mean that's your man, like your dream now as a man, like, yeah, we talked about this earlier is about how change just, happens. Like we always have change in our life and we change as people. Our, our partnerships change, our feelings change, our association with our parents change, the way we communicate. A lot of things, everything is in flux. Mm -hmm. Okay, So we're in this beautiful, messy humanity and we have to learn to find Santosha. We have to find that contentment in regardless of what we're doing, whether we're winning, losing. It doesn't define us, right? But it also, that narrative that we say that I'm a winning competitive cyclist mm -hmm. and that's who I am and I am sponsored by this company and yeah. this is who I am. And, and that should paint a picture. It's funny, we're standing mm -hmm. in front of your painting, but paint a picture of who I am. But the truth is when it all goes away and you're in the cold mm -hmm. and you're sitting there and it's just you sitting next to you, breathing next to you, yeah, sitting you with you, are you okay with that person? Do you do you feel the same way about yourself? And many of us would say, no. No way. No, I can't. No, this this part of me is not winning anything. This yeah. part of me is afraid. This part of me is scared. This if part of me is anxious. If sponsorship were to go away, yeah, I'd feel way less about myself. Or where, like you said, you have to be able to sit in a quiet space and be like, yeah, I'm me. I love, I'm cool with it. You know, and it, it like... And you have to be able to say, like, if all this were to go away, these sponsors, that sponsor, that make your image look better, you know, like, if that was were to go, your image in the society, would that go away? And you're like, yeah, I mean, it's not going to affect who I, like, I just keep meditating. I meditated through a lot worse last year, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it just shows, like, again, we, we think, like, it's going to, I feel like a lot of times we think, like, good times like our, our that will always be like our around the corner but it's like no yeah man it's a wave like yeah, yeah you guys are not a lot of people were a lot of naive to not expect like the bad times to come it's like no that's exactly why we do the meditation 
That's exactly why yeah. we do all this. So when life does throw ball things at you, you can handle it better. So then they don't turn out worse than they would have. Because that's what happens is usually when something happens, it started off as a pebble. Like always when oh, you drop a series it in water. Of things. It's, it's a series, series of things. Yeah, yeah. Series of things. Let's say you're someone's not happy with you. And it's like, it started off this little thing, this little thing, and it grows. And you're like, it was just this little pebble, like, but that's just how it happens. And then, like, if you're able to then meditate through that, you know, and be able to push through and you just realize, like, oh, okay, like, the, if you don't meditate, you start adding on to those pebbles, like, it's just, like, throwing more. And so the waves get bigger and bigger, and you're just, like, you're just making it worse. Like, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, the meditation... Yeah, it's been major. I mean, from meditation for me, I usually, not always, but I'll come out of it and I like to call it inspired action. So if you're really, you know, Ram Dass says, the the quieter you are, the more you can hear. And when I go in and I'm like, okay, this is what I'm coming out of my meditation with this feeling, this thought, Mm -hmm. it could be just turn left going home instead Mm -hmm. of right. That's inspired action. That's coming from the space that's not my thinking mind, but my feeling intelligence this inner intelligence within me so now that now that you've applied that to your racing to to your art to to you know the way you live your life to where you're listening to inspired action can you tell me like maybe out of your meditations what things are up and coming that are inspired action for meditation things that that you've like every every literally everything i do i mean everything i do and say every or anything i'm doing in the future is from what i said in the past like what i premeditated and it's funny like you'll listen to actually like there'll be a lot of musicians or rappers or and artists and they'll say like yeah i i said that four years ago in a song and i now have Mm -hmm. this or that a lot of times they'll like premeditate or talk preach more about like wealth or like things like that but they're not wrong. It's all intention. It's all it's all intention. We yeah. have so much power. We have so much power that it's unbelievable that we walk around daily and don't apply it and we'll actually do the opposite and apply negative you know things into our life. Like now I don't even I I don't even like let negativity in. You know, there's yeah. not even like a negative time like I you know when you Previously, before I started meditating, you'd always have these experience. You'd have maybe like an up day and bad bad day this, and like you have those, but you're more aware that it's just like a a sit like a something you're going through in that moment. You know, you yeah. realize it's not who you are, and uh, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's just been incredible how you just apply it daily and how it can just easily change your. And like I said, I don't. It sound crazy or tell people about it and I don't like to thing is that's what it's helped me do is also not to preach like I don't want people listening to this and think like I'm trying to preach it to them or to anybody like literally it's just a podcast and you're asking me questions about my experience and from my experience meditation is just it helps me like every day and the best when I you I forget who says it, or I just remember hearing some monk or Buddha or something. Sorry, I, but uh, like say like, oh, what has meditation brought? A lot of people will ask like, what does it bring? And it's like, nothing. 
and it's like true it, it doesn't bring you something like you it it helps you control other things around you know it's just about having that a quiet time with yourself so then you can truly control your i mean i love it best when you say like we are the alchemists you know and like we can control that and the more you start realizing that you start applying it in your meditation and then you start realizing like well i should just do this all the time i should just be all the time positive or be pushing this or be like listening to better or doing these better things because you you know deep down if you're doing keeping your body moving or bettering something or meditate like you're gonna be a better person you know that you're gonna feel better than watching tv yeah what's a good time for someone who's thinking or just starting meditation for them to actually see it apply it and what what should they be doing every like how much should they be doing every day in your opinion to see results because I, I get that a lot like yeah i'm trying am i doing it right and so i try to on this podcast offer different meditations yeah, that, that will do it but what do, what do people need to see results man to see results you just have to do it every day doesn't you, matter the time it, yeah, it doesn't matter do it. it just you have to do it and that's the thing i've learned it's like it's not like once it's nine o'clock oh i can't meditate anymore like that spirit doesn't work. No, it <laughs> it still all works. Like you can meditate in yeah. there's like that's when you realize time does not even th- like you can just meditate, you know. But honestly, like I had people telling me to meditate like six years, all my whole life. Like you just look back now, there's always people trying to tell you to meditate, and like just like a story I told you kind of about my mom, where like she called me up at desperate times, like when I discovered you I was kind of felt like a de- like not desperate times but you're suffering you needed like a remedy yeah you needed and so most people like if they're not suffering then they're probably not going to start applying they're not asking me- for help meditation yeah. you know like they're just going to keep applying their same recipe and usually you hear about the people who do meditate and then who find success they'll they always say that you know like they're always at their lowest point or and someone recommended it and it just happened to work for them. I mean, uh, I really like the breath work, the like the Wim Hof, but some people just like to sit there and or do guided meditations. Or there's all these different types of meditations you can do, and it's about finding your your thing. You know, it's about finding what works for you and finding teachers that work for you, finding people that your community, connecting dots like that, and then. Yeah, once you just start doing it every day, you realize like, oh wow, this this actually has power and strength. It's when you're doing it once a month or every so often or even even when you do miss a day. It almost it's to me I it's I think I have this from my cycling discipline where you realize if you miss 2 to 3 days of training, yeah, you're out of training. That applies a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I- so you that applies same to your training a lot of people just look at meditation as like when they want to relax but it's no it should be a daily practice of this is gonna better me this is and it does i mean there's not one time i've ever come out of meditation and been like i regret that like that's never Mm. once i like that you said that so so yeah there's never once there's been every other activity i've done in my life there's been Mm. one time i've said oh man there's plenty of times i've gone for my bike ride and been like oh man should have stayed home yeah, or whatever. Yeah, done this. But never once have I meditated and been like, oh, that was a waste of time. Never once. Yeah. Never once have I come out of meditation and been like, 
in a negative mood, negative, ne- never once have I come out of meditation and been like, if any, like I said, it always just makes it better. So that's the funny thing is when I'm always trying to convince myself to, all right, let's go meditate now. It's like, no one's, what are you trying to, what are you trying to, Yeah. what's the argument to not do it? I mean, I've sat in front of cold water and reservoirs oh, yeah. where I've been like, I do not want to do this. And it's that, it's that's the fear. different. It's though, the conditioning the medi- coming in yeah. and saying, I don't want to do this practice today, but I've never gone and done the practice and afterward regretted doing it. Yeah. So, so yeah, I hear you on that, but there is times where I've been like, man, I should probably rest my body today yeah. and not, not, but that's at, a height, not, that's at a heightened level getting in yeah. the cold water. Yeah. Doing it daily, like we said earlier, just purely meditating for 10 minutes is just you breathing. Yeah. So there's my body's pretty tired today from training, but yeah, I can still meditate no problem from just breathing. Yeah. And you can do it when you're sick. Like, you can do it. That's the thing is, like, that's, you know, I can easily see that when you're looking at the water. That's You're feeling that fear and everything, but that's a different feeling than, like, oh, should I meditate? And it's like, yeah, it's just you breathing. So just put yeah. awareness to it, towards it. You know, you're not going to get hurt from it. Yeah, there's a lot of um, a lot of stories about the Buddha. You brought him up. So the Buddha meditating and, and going into self-realization. Yeah. And that's kind of what, we're, what samadhi is at the end of the, you know, is getting into that self-realization state. And I think there is a, a misconception with uh, laymen, you know, folks who are just mm-hmm. learning about meditation, that the goal is self-realization and to be self-realized and you know um in samadhi you have to be a monk or a holy man or a you know a yogi you have to be deep in your practice to be able to do that and i think i want to kind of squash that misconception Mm -hmm. saying you don't have to have special dna you don't have to be a monk you don't have to live in in the hills in india 10 minutes a day you can live anywhere and give 10 minutes a day and become closer to your whole yeah. self. Sounds like like an infomercial, like yeah. 10 minutes a day, <laughs> like you'll be so much better at this, but it's true. Like, and that's why I think it's so funny too, when you tell everyone about meditation and you sound like all like magic, voodoo, hoodoo, like what? People are like, they don't, but you're like, no, this is actually real. Like the science yeah. is behind it. I mean, I'm wearing right now this whoop band, and that calculates your heart rate, everything. It calculates the stress, uh, HRV, which is your heart rate variability, so your stress, yeah. how much you stress. And so it can calculate, if you meditated, you can, you'll can make an activity, calculate that meditation. And so then it can start you know, collecting data on like, wow, how much mm. meditation actually helps bring down your stress in situations or all mm. that. And it's like, this is not people just making it actually is real science you know that our bodies can do things through meditation and our minds like it's crazy how we'll have these successful people tell us yeah i just i'll pre-meditate i'll do this and we'll keep trying to find ways to then like get around it or like make the money you know what i mean like why do you think people uh, go around it why do you think people don't do the work yeah why Oh, uh, because, oh man, I, I don't know, maybe, let me think about it then maybe why I want to do like, like if, if you knew meditation because was going to bring you success. That's the thing, you, you, that's the crazy thing. That's my argument is when I'm 
because you'll have this argument with yours like oh man uh, maybe it's late at night and you haven't meditated and you're like should i meditate and like you just said you know it will bring you success you know it will bring you success in any way it just will eventually bring you success and i know that for a fact because it's just easy to go into our old patterns right? exactly it's yeah. so easy but then once you do it's then another day you're missed. creating a new another day you're missed. creating a new pattern and then you're like well i missed those two days like it's not a big deal like i'll just it's like no it literally takes 10 minutes think it and for me i i've made it easy because you just would look at how long you are on your phone yeah and you're like I just was on my phone for 40 minutes doing whatever. Yeah, through yeah. nothing literally benefited yeah. nothing if i would have been br doing meditation for 40 minutes you come out of that way yeah. heightened you come out of that way good you know 10 minutes is good all this other like if you really apply that i mean it's exhausting from doing it but you got to do it it's, it's like it's like someone who wants to do but you know uh, what I mean? the splits in yoga and doing it one time like trying it and being like i did it well, no, you didn't. Yeah. Keep it up because you're going to go it's back practice. to the old patterns as a practice. Go, just keep doing it. Every, you know, every day you'll get better, stronger. And so for me, I always, you know, when I teach yoga, people get to the, the ending mm -hmm. of class and I think it's the end. And I always address, this is not the end. Mm -hmm. This is actually the reason you came to yoga is Shavasana. The reason you came here is for this meditation. Your body mm -hmm. is now ready so that you can quiet the mind. So that you can, well, the mind is never really quiet. Let's be real. It's mm -hmm. never quiet. It just, you, you're able to observe the mind rather than participate. Mm -hmm. So the mind never is really quiet, but it's still going to spin there. And you're going to sit in the center of that storm, the eye of the storm, the, the hurricane, and just watch it mm -hmm. and be content with, okay, there it is. There it is. It's just yeah. flying around. I'm okay with this. I don't need to watch this and I don't need to watch that thing and this thing. And I don't need to control anything. And we started kind of talking about this and we'll come back to it, but that's, flow state mm -hmm. that's i don't need to control anything everything is working out for me it's moving and flowing and i am calm and i am in flow you flow state. with it as well an object yeah. comes you're able to move around it it's not like you're normally when you're out of that flow state and something appears the panic mode goes off yeah. rather than just be like oh yeah we'll just solve this it's like panic mode negative mode goes off like this that that when it's like just solve a lot of times how do you just solve the problem yeah you would have been done. It would have taken 10, maybe less time rather than you taking the time to make a big deal about it, complain about it. Call, oh, I'm going to call this person. I'm going to call them up. Or it's like, you know what I mean? Like a lot of times if we were to just see that, oh, I just have to, I just roll over this. Yeah. That, you know, cause a lot of people get stuck and they'll just be negative and they'll be stuck on the road. So if you can just solve it oh, yeah all right have a good and then get back on you know yeah. get back on your road and get flowing with it they're still stuck because they're still like oh man ah, this negative thing happened while well, you're already wait what i can't even remember that that's half the time i'll forget things because you're just like you're you're not just living so purely in the moment that you, you forget like uh like oh wow did that even happen or did you do that or i didn't even i didn't even feel that feeling anymore or you know what I mean or you're not anger angry at something anymore you know so yeah so so tell tell the audience and and, and mm -hmm. me kind of now now that you've you know competitive about the numbers yeah. not you know really feeling whole gone through some healing through meditation mm -hmm. and cold immersion and and coming out the other side imaginary collective mm -hmm. in the artist being dad husband 
you're here now you're creating and evolving and mm -hmm. always changing we've kind of addressed mm -hmm. that I, I I'm sure the audience you know the audience wants to know where to see your your works yeah. and what and what you're up to and what yeah. you're getting into because I feel like especially for artists mm -hmm. meditation and that going inward is where that creative process like flows from right it flows from letting go it mm -hmm. flows from that and so that change of that rigidness to flow state is I mean I'm looking at a beautiful painting now mm -hmm. and like it, it's 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 allowing you to express in a way and so i kind of want to um let people know where they can find your art because yeah. it's because it's amazing and and also to um to kind of talk about what you're doing with racing now so yeah. can, can you just kind of tell like where you can find your art and, and what you're yeah. doing with racing now For, people can find my art uh on all my social media so just at tj eisenhart uh and a lot of times the pieces usually are a lot of commission and so they're Got just it. sold i'm hired and then they're sold so quickly so a lot of times a lot of work won't even be posted up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just on my social media, people scroll through and find some stuff, and then also just also just send me a message and be like, "Hey, I'm interested in do having you do a painting of this, this." Yeah. I'm never someone who will, uh, I like, I don't believe in just having a style because you have to grow. You have to be able to accept those challenges of like, "Oh, can you paint this for me or this for me?" And if you're like, no, I only do portrait or I only do portrait or only landscape oil, you know, and you're like, well, why? And being an artist is not being like just on canvas. That's what's so funny to me when people call themselves an artist and they're like, yeah, I'm just no. It's like, yeah, you're good at painting a painting on canvas. But that doesn't always make you an artist. An artist mm. is someone who can do it literally when it's oozing from them. When you that person's walking around and you're like, oh yeah, that person's an artist. That's a different person. Yeah. Like, I meet people. I'll find see friends. I'll run into at the grocery store and they're in, their you know suits and everything. And I'm in my like just, I'm just me all the time. And that has come from my art. And like you said, meditation allows you to open that space inside you, that allows you to just be like wow, I'm awesome. I'm going to open this space, be comfortable with myself. And when you are that comfortable, you're not afraid to, you know, share your work with the world because that's a big vulnerability a lot of artists are afraid of is if people will like it. But for me, I don't care if people like it, like at all. Like someone's paying me, like like they're obviously, not, they obviously are paying me because they like me and they know what I can bring. Yeah. And also you realize that they're not buying the image or the the material or the canvas because if you were to add the canvas the material it maybe be a hundred dollars but yeah you're selling it for five to ten thousand dollars yeah it's the process and, and it's and... you putting yourself into it it's you going into that spot that you're talking about through meditation and i wasn't able to go there my whole life forever i just was what i talked about where i just was a good drawer or artist like uh you know sketcher sketcher yeah. or but once i learned how to open myself up and apply like person your personality in a piece and make people look at a piece and feel feel it then that's when you realize wow i just turned on like there that was a, i'm an artist and then once that turned on i started applying that towards everything i touched which then like i said like with my brand imaginary collective that's that that's just full on art to me, you know, and it's my way of taking 
taking the cycling world that I love and being creative with it and viewing it as an art. A lot of people, like I said, when it, they just accept their sponsors' stuff. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, no, I'm, I'm an artist. I want to collaborate. How can we develop something? You know what I mean? A lot of people just be like, yeah, I, I paint on the side or this. It's like, I apply, when I tell, I always tell people I'm an artist. Like, anything, you know, whether that's designing watches, shoes, clothing, paintings, doing murals. I just finished the mural on Bluff, on the Bicycle Collective, um, and it was like 40 feet, maybe bigger. And it's massive, and it's like I told my wife, like, when I accept any job or any commission, like, if I were to say, like, the truth and tell them, like, oh, yeah, I don't know if I could do that, like, you're not going to get hired. And you're also not going to push yourself to a level that you don't even know. Like, you don't know what you can do, so don't put yeah. a limit to yourself what you can do. So when you're seeing this giant 40, 50-foot wall that you have to paint in front of a busy highway, like, busy road with tons of parking, yeah. like, people see it all the time. So you mess up, it's in front of everyone. So you have to then learn to, you realize as an artist, like, oh, that's just fear. Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, I, I just... I just need to be me. Like people are just buying things because they like me and they like the art. Like when I apply me to my art, like it turns out in a way that is just super radical. And most of the time, I don't even know how I do it. Like it sounds silly, but like I look at this piece in front of us and it's like, you're like, where did I even, where did I start? Yeah, where the inspiration and yeah. And it just, it's like I said, when you go to that place, you're then able, it, it's like slowly and it's a process and you're doing one little piece at a time. And then when you step away at the end, you're like, damn, that's crazy. But it's the same thing. That's how I trust the meditation is it's one little simple brush stroke that then when you step away, you're like, wow. And that's, it, it all comes together. The meditation. Start that, with one brush stroke. Yeah. You yeah. start with one breath stroke or brush stroke. And like, same with anything. Like I tell you just have to start. Like, that was my biggest fear when I would start paintings was just starting. Because once you start, you're in the flow state and you yeah. can just do it. And you realize like, oh, wow. But the biggest fear is people just have starting. And then also, once the piece gets to about like a quarter through, a lot of times people don't like where it's at. So they stop. But they don't realize you're just a quarter through. Yeah. Like, you've only just started. Like, there's so much more to grow. And like, there's so many times... I don't do it now, but when I was, when I, now, because I meditate and I realize I don't need that negativity, but I would, like, I'd be like, oh man, this piece sucks. This, oh man, it's not turned out how I like it. It's a better self talk. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and I realize, of course, it's not going to like where I like it. It's not done. Yeah. Like, of course, it's not going to, and also, like, it might be better than what you ever thought, you know, like, how, what we, we self-sabotage exactly. all the time all the time we and we think like yeah. oh maybe it should look better but like again we're always our own worst cr- critic and we're always you know we're not allowing ourselves just to start and being okay with the yeah. failure we'll start with one brush stroke i just i like that i think that's going to be kind of the title of this this podcast I like that just start with one brush stroke um, so they can find you on your Instagram as you yep. use that most. Yeah. Uh, Facebook and all the, the yeah, you I'm have on web, there, website and Facebook, stuff? uh, Instagram. So TJ Eisenhart on Insta yeah. on any social media and then imaginary collective. imaginary collective for Instagram, your podcast too. Uh, and then, yeah, I have my podcast, uh, the next stage and we just had, did a sweet episode with yeah. Ryan. Uh, and that's going to be awesome. And so, yeah, I just, 
I'm always looking out for other, you know, for me, my podcast was a way for me to learn the art of conversation, hmm. another art form. Sure. Just, you know, I'm always interested in learning these art forms, but so, growing. Yeah. So yeah, this one will release this week and then yours will release uh, soon yeah, after. Too, yeah. So they would get both long yeah. conversations with the two of us. Yeah, it'll be great. Want. This weekend's adventure is just listen to us <laughs> ramble on and talk. Uh, it's been good. We're going <laughs> to do some more uh, breath work and cold immersion together i'm sure we, oh definitely. that's how we started and that's how we're going to continue going it's a really nice way to share a friendship too is like Man. i can give that to you you know and, and and we reciprocate it's just really nice to to be able to share that especially like a lot of uh men and specifically don't um you know that their their friendships are very topical it's like we go drinking mm-hmm. together we're drinking buddies we're baseball buddies yeah. we're cycling buddies whatever it's very topical mm-hmm. we're share you and i share a a, a deeper Oh yeah, it's... level, and I, I, I encourage, especially my male audience, but mm-hmm. all audiences, and you know, to have meaningful relationships that have things that are non-physical, like meditation, yeah. as part of the core of that relationship. I mean, whether that we be get your together partner. all the time and just meditate and do cold water. I mean, last yeah. October we were getting together every week. Yeah, do cold water, meditate, and you just grow from it. Yeah. You just grow so much from. Having someone, like I said earlier, in I think my podcast where, you know, when you have someone else with you to do it, when you're doing a live session, you push yourself more. Yeah. Not in a competitive way, but you can hear the other breath and your breath start aligning. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like you this know? And cycle. It's, yeah. Like I said, it's not a competitive way where your body's, it's just like you can feel the energy. And, yeah. you're the, and what's cool, what I really like about getting together and meditating with people is it's just like you said it's not like oh let's get the buddies together drinking watch the fight this this like those are all good times but this is so different and it's like you just grow you just get together and it's this nice peaceful vibe yeah. you're all there and you come out of like because you there's something you want to achieve or something you maybe are suffering with and when you leave it's clean it's really a nice cleanse yeah. and you all feel that and uh, kind of sounds like a cult right now, but no, no, it's it, just it, like it's meaningful. It's a meaningful interactions that are that are not mm-hmm. topical, and I think that that's important. That that especially for you know who the audience we're speaking to that are looking for something deeper, who are looking for get in touch with themselves and also with others. You do that through meaningful interactions. Yeah. So so we've kind of created that. I mean, even though I mean, just people listening to podcasts in general are probably looking for something to grow, to grow, Always. to yeah. find growth, and to be more meaningful. So. Um, yeah, it's been a good, you know, a good couple hours we've been chatting, so we yeah. can find up. Um, people are in St. George, hit us up, meditate, yeah. do you go for a bike ride or whatever. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, awesome. look, look for uh, TJ on some races soon. He does still, yeah. you still compete, so yeah, um, a, a few races here and there. Look for your, your paintings, uh, um, and maybe we're gonna have a couple of these in the, in the yoga studio. So, be awesome. Um, thanks for joining me today, Radical, and man. as an observer, observer of life, observer of things around you, I appreciate your male energy, your masculine energy that is conscious, yeah, you man. know, that, that is not um, scattered. And, and that you're really focused on the, the your three pillars, which is your your art, your your family, and yourself. Yeah. You know? And and everything else is just kind of um, part of your personality. And I just I appreciate that. So thank you for 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 coming on. Thanks and, for having me on, man. Yeah. Appreciate it.